This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights, here to break down everything that happened in college football from week seven and wow what weekend it was a lot of good some bad and some stuff that was just absolutely downright ugly uh we're gonna break all of that down i can't wait i got a lot of thoughts and feelings about what just happened and maybe it's because george's headed into a bye this week felt like a big sigh a big whoo as we get ready to uh like i said go into that bye week um before heading into or to florida so we'll see um all right i gotta introduce my co-host here, as always, to help me break it down is my brother, Pierce. Pierce, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, I will I will say, to add to what you said, I uh, I think it's more of a exhale of, oh boy, what's to come with uh, with some injuries that happened on Saturday. Kind of slept, walked through that game. Uh, but it was nice to have fr- friends and family in town. Um, always nice when it's Vandy week. Uh, always usually a stress-free week uh, of, of just tailgating and, and fun time. So, um, doing well. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to getting. This is going to be a. There's some big games this week. Um, so exciting to sit back and kind of analyze those, and not have to be stressed out about a Georgia game or uh, or I do. And I know TCU does play, I believe, but um, you know their season's pretty much over anyway. It's about building for the future. So, um, looking forward to recapping what was a good uh, good college football Saturday. Absolutely, and not to rag on Vanderbilt too much. I know we have a Vandy listener out there, but uh, what'd you think of your? Uh, Game day experience there at old uh, Vanderbilt University, Pierce. How was the entering the stadium? And uh, did you marvel at the uh, Jumbotron hanging from the cranes like I did? You know what's funny? I actually like didn't even really notice it all that much. Um, I, I obviously it was kind of a mess getting into going from the opposite side and getting in. It's not a it's not a bowl anymore. It's not a, or a three quarters bowl anymore where you can just walk in at any entrance and walk around due to the construction. So it was a little bit of a mess uh, getting into the game. But to be quite honest with you, man, I, I think that the what they're doing with that that uh, stadium it's it's going to be well worth it in the end and. I think that Vandy played their best game of the season. I don't even think that's debatable. Um, you know, I, I know they probably took advantage of a of a sluggish, slow start and kind of a sleepwalking team in Georgia coming off a big win where they put a lot into it last week against Kentucky. Um, and, and with the bye on deck is certainly a tough spot too, knowing that you're going to get some time off. Um, but, you know, I, I look back and think, man, it, it, trying to envision what the stadium is going to look like moving forward, I think it's exciting time. So while it may have been a little bit of a hassle for us, um, you know, hey, I, I'm – I'm not too. I mean, no stadium getting into the stadium is all that easy. So, um, yeah, different. it was a little crazy. It, you know different. what's funny? I actually think it was kind of cool going through the basketball stadium. And, and, yeah, at times it was a little claustrophobic. But, you know, it I almost added an element like you were walking through the tunnel to, to get into the stadium like a, like a player would. So maybe I'm a, a weirdo when it comes to that. I thought getting out was, was fine. Um, I think the, the the toughest part about that stadium is is the bathrooms uh, at certain times of the game and and sometimes getting the concessions. Um, but obviously, you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with a, a unique experience there. So I'll leave it at that. Well, yeah, and 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 I understand that it's going to be an improvement, and they're very excited about it. But at one point, I swore we were walking all the way back to Franklin just to get in the dang stadium because you just kept getting farther and farther from the noise. To then have to double back around through the for the basketball stadium, it was quite comical. It was hot. It was like we were getting sweated out. Uh, I just don't know why they planned it to take take a you know p- 
place during the football well, season. I'm sure there's so a logistical reason, Pierce. I'm sure there is. But it was funny. At one point, people in our, our section were pointed up and going, oh my God, there's literally people working. And there was. There was people literally working during the game. Um, so they're doing all they can to get it done. But it was it just made for already a tough game day. The actual game day is fun. You know, it's fun to be in Nashville and stuff. And, it, you know, that's our hometown. So that's always been a fun thing. Um, certainly knowing it's the last time Georgia's going to play in Nashville for, you know, whoever knows how long was certainly fun as well. But it makes already a tough environment from a standpoint of it's just not all that exciting. It made it a little bit eh, extra to me uh, and not in a good way. But again, I didn't want to rag on Vandy too much, but it, uh, I wanted to bring it up because well, you, you did it. <laughs> yeah, well, you're trying to be nice because you have Vanderbilt friends and I get that. But uh you know, it was not fun. Honestly, it was not a fun getting I into truly, the stadium experience. Yeah, I, and I know, and I know that's the sentiment of ninety nine point nine, probably a hundred percent. I'm probably the only one that didn't really wasn't all that. It just it was what it was. I was kind of you know, it wasn't like we were missing the start of the, or the opening kickoff for a Georgia Tennessee game or something. So it didn't bother me. And I will say, it was hot in those tunnel or in those uh, hallways of Memorial uh, uh, Gymnasium, I think is what they call it. I could be way off there. Um, but that is one of the larger, I think, expenses coming from this project, this renovation project, is they are actually adding uh, air conditioning into the basketball stadium here in the next year or two. So um, funny that you picked that out because it was. It got quite steamy in there. It was hot. Luckily, nobody ripped anything, but I'd imagine that would be tough. And uh, our poor, poor claustrophobic mother. I know that she probably had quite the time getting into the stadium. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Just wanted to get your thoughts on the game day environment. We hadn't really talked too much about it, but uh, Georgia does get that win. Going to be without Brock Bowers um, for probably the rest of the regular season. Who knows if he'll come back if there is a postseason at all. Um, We'll see. Oscar Delp, you're up. Lost and lucky. Time to see if you're uh, fully back as well from your tightrope surgery you had. Um, and yeah, it's going to suck. I, 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 we, everybody has really grown to love watching Brock Bowers play football. Um, hopefully it's not the last time seeing him in a Georgia jersey, but if I were him, if I were his family, I'd be telling him, hey, just get ready for the combine. Just just do this surgery, rehab it, get ready for the combine. I don't think that's in his DNA. I do feel like by having this surgery, his, he's saying, I want to come back, but we'll see. So for It's sure. just tough because sure. any any big-time player like that, it would, you know, across the country – it stings obviously harder for us because of the fact that we're Georgia fans, but any big time player you see go down, you know, he was getting some, he was getting some legitimate Heisman chatter and things and that for that to go, uh, you know, get lost by one play that didn't look all that serious in the moment. Um, and when he went down, everybody was just like, Oh no. So very, very tough yeah. situation. I didn't read this out to you cause um, <clears throat> you were sitting a, a row behind and kind of far away um, from where I was, but um, Grant had actually left the stadium. He had to get back to his, uh, his 10 week old daughter. Um, and so he left like, I think at the end of the first quarter, somewhere around there. And, um, when that Brock Bowers injury happened, he was actually out, just had just gotten outside of the stadium and he texted me. I was like, what in the world just happened? There's, it just went quiet. Um, so you could tell there was a hush that it was kind of the energy and, the, and, and everything in that crowd kind of you know, was sucked out of him in that moment. But I think you're right. I think him electing to have that surgery and come back, you know, is, is a sign that he's going to come back. Now I think he's, he's an automatic, he's going to come back no matter what, as long as we make that SEC championship game, he'll play in that game. Um, but if we were to miss that for whatever reason, uh, there's no need for him to come back um, sure. for, for any bowl game or anything like that. So right. I do think that's a good sign um, that he is, he's, he's trying to get back as quick as possible. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and let's turn our attention to everything that happened around the country. Pierce, all the good, all the bad, and all the downright ugly. I will start it off. My good of the week is the Washington Huskies and Michael Penix Jr. Uh, He is starting to run away with the Heisman, uh, especially with USC losing this weekend. But Washington, in their first really big, tough test, uh, it was at home, but they had the Oregon Ducks coming into town. A um, couple of interesting decisions from Dan Lanning, but I respect it. I think you go out there, you absolutely, especially in a big-time robber like that, you know, you're playing to win, you're playing to to make your conference championship, and you're playing to make the uh, playoffs. Um, but they end up getting the win, the Washington Huskies, 36-33. to 33. Um, Happened to catch the end of this. Uh, it, it was, I mean, they had to make that comeback in the fourth quarter. I really was thinking to myself, okay, Oregon's going to do it. Oregon's going to, um, you know, get this done. And, and they absolutely just... Michael Penix Jr. and what what he did, he balls out. Um, two for three on fourth downs, they converted. Uh, Twenty four first. So, like the thing about it is, is like if you're looking right here, like they had, they didn't get dominated, but they were. It was not a lights out performance. But that's just the difference between a gritty team and a team that's you know going to be able to get it done versus a team that folds when they're faced with adversity. And so Washington, like I said in their first big test, I do think we will see these two again, especially with USC going down. Um, it will be interesting, and we don't have to get into this here, but it would be interesting if that were to happen and this were to be a rematch in the Pac-12 championship and Oregon wins, what the committee does with that type of thing. You Now you have two, you know, one-loss teams in the Pac-12. You know, do you just go ahead and give that birth, or are they going to potentially cannibalize each other now? Who's to say? Um, but, like I said, the story right now is Washington. They move up to, where are they now in the, the polls, Pierce? I'm trying to remember. Um, I didn't see the AP poll uh, yesterday okay. or Sunday, um, but I would assume around like six. Yeah, I think they did. Let's see. I'm going to pull it up really quick. I'm sure this is thrilling radio for everybody, Thr- thrilling podcasting. Uh, while I pull this up, bah, 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 they moved up to number five. So, uh, you know, hey, and, and rightfully so, they should. Um, to me, they now have one of the better wins of the season. I still think Texas might have the well, they, they end up losing, so I guess maybe Oklahoma has the best win of the season, um, and Florida State certainly as well. But Washington, uh, at home, getting it done, they have you know a very legitimate um, argument to be in that top four, and we'll see as things kind of settle and the pack or the Big Ten start to play each other if they might be able to jockey up that position again. The committee has not been favorable to teams out west. Um, I think they would have to win out, obviously, to win it. I don't think I don't think the committee is going to go from not putting a, a, a Pac-12 team in to all of a sudden, if if there was a rematch in Oregon wins, putting two in, kind of like we've seen with Georgia and um, Alabama in the past, and Michigan and um, Ohio State last year. I don't think that'll happen. Um, but but again, it also depends on what happens with the other conferences and other teams down the stretch. But good on the Washington Huskies; they're my good of the week. And uh, you're going to take it. You're going to be a little bit of a homer here for yours. What's your good of the week? Yeah, well, it's the first time all year I've been able to uh, to get excited about them. And it <laughs> and it was quite alarming, to be honest with you. I I, uh, I was really down on this team. I went two and one in my easy peasies. In fact, uh, the lone wa- loss was BYU. I've done a pretty good job, I feel like, this year of uh, of, of hedging my, my happiness uh, with TCU. Um, but this one was totally different, man. This This... This had the look of a TCU offense, a TCU uh, a, a team that I'm, I'm used to seeing, that when we've had good years, they 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 brought the juice. I mean, a pick six to open the game against BYU. Keep in mind, BYU is not a great team, but 4-1 and one on the season, went to Arkansas and, and beat the Razorbacks. Um, lone loss was to Kansas when Kansas had Jaden Daniels, and, and, you know, 
or Jalen Daniels. And, uh, you know, Kansas is a solid team. So, so you know, first time in the Big 12, uh, understandable loss there. 4-1 and one coming into TCU. TCU, I had heard all week that they had had a great week of practice. I was really down on them mainly because if, if Chandler Morris is the starter, that means there's not much behind him. Uh, Josh Hoover, redshirt freshman, comes in, and boy, did he look. I mean, hey. This year, this season's not going to be great, um, obviously, but I think now they have a chance to get to a bowl game um, and, and and could maybe sneak out seven wins, eight wins, maybe. Um, they need to upset a team or two, but the upset of Texas is now back on uh, potentially here. Uh, Josh, Josh Hoover impressed me that much. 37 to 58 for 439 yards, four TDs, did throw two picks, uh, but was the way the conviction in which he threw the ball, uh, you know, the reads that he was going through, he distributed it so well, had the highest passer rating or highest uh, PFF rating of the season for any quarterback um, is very promising. If you're a TCU fan had had the look, I would say even even you'd have to go back to maybe shoot probably Trevon Boykin to, to see an offense uh, and, a, and a player at the quarterback position throw it that way. You know, Max Duggan did a lot with his feet and and wasn't really a, a you know, a, a, a crazy great passer. Um, he, he, he had a lot of weapons, but I mean, what Josh Hoover did, just throwing the ball around, hitting guys in stride, um, you know, picking apart the defense. It, it, for the first time all season, TCU didn't have to do everything on the ground. Um, and that was a pleasant surprise. And defensively, they got back to it and started playing well. I think uh, I think this infusion of maybe ha- allowing some of the younger guys, the younger talent that you have on the team, play a little bit more over some of those transfers that haven't really worked out all that well is, uh, is providing an energy there. Um, so I'm excited to see where Josh Hoover goes from here. Maybe he's a one-hit wonder, um, but boy, he got... Got to feel bad for Chandler Morris. Gets uh, hurt last year, and, and Max Duggan comes in and nearly wins the Heisman. And this year, it looks like he's lost the job there um, once again. So my good is TCU, and, and and maybe I should say it was a great team win, but Josh Hoover was the highlight of uh, of the week for me for TCU. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. If they could go back and play Colorado again, I'm sure that they would they would win that one. Um, I agree. All right, let's. Let's take it on to our bad of the week, Pierce. And they might have gotten the flowers, or their flowers is the actual saying, last week. But this week, woof, not so good. I was on this podcast, the preview last week, saying, hey, there's a chance that Louisville, Florida State, and UNC all at the end of the season are undefeated. Well, that's not going to come to fruition because the Louisville Cardinals lose 38-21, 38-21, to 21, fresh off that win against Notre Dame. They got really high up on it. I was like, okay, Louisville, look out. And then to go into pit, a struggling pit, uh, and and lose their first game of the season, that just sucks. I just I hate that for that fan base because you just put a poke a pin right in that balloon of like, oh, this is kind of fun. This is kind of exciting. Louisville's not been necessarily down over time. They've always kind of maybe just been kind of – mediocre a little bit better than average but they haven't had like horrible horrible seasons um so it's fun when you see a fan base who's not going to be the next Alabama they're not gonna be the next dynasty let's be honest here at least not right now um and you see them get a little bit of a success and you you kind of root for them you're kind of like okay that's kind of fun for Louisville uh but like I said they lose 38 to 21 um in that game in Pitt uh Jack Plummer 52 attempts, 29 completions. He did throw for one touchdown, but he had two interceptions, turnovers. In a situation like this, not going to be great. Um, on the other side of things, Christian Vio, Vio, I'm saying, I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's got double L's. So, anyways, it's not Keaton Slovis. We'll put it that way. Um, not sorry, not Keaton Slovis. He's long gone. Who's the um? 
Oh, it's a. I, I didn't know what joke you were throwing out there with Keaton because he plays for BYU now. I know. Um, well, so I was like, here's the thing. Wait, wait, wait. That went over my head. This is the thing about the freaking transfer portal. You can't keep up with where the hell these guys went. They, they go everywhere, all the place. It's yeah. your, uh, it's the guy you can never say the name of. Um, he got benched. Oh, uh, Jerkovich. Yes, correct. I wanted you to say it, not me. Um, so it's not even the guy they started off the season with, uh, but he got it done. Um, and he was, he was serviceable, uh, for them. And ultimately, like I said, those turnovers and just not being able to, uh, convert, uh, or, or, or bounce back from those turnovers. Uh, the, the difference there, uh, you go into the halftime and you're up 28, 14, you think, okay, things are going pretty well, but 17 points in the third quarter, Louisville gives up. And they don't score at all in the second half. So that's all she wrote for Louisville. Probably not going to us either way to the ACC championship uh, because of the fact that Florida State and UNC are playing good ball. But, uh, you know, still plenty to play for. So hopefully they bounce back. But that is my bad of the week. Pierce, take us to your bad of the week. Whew, this one could have been uh, could ugly. have been ugly. Uh, yeah. It was definitely a category. It was definitely a, or a uh, candidate for ugly. Um, it was certainly ugly at times. Uh, but that is USC, uh, the Trojans going on the road and just getting whooped by Notre Dame. And it wasn't really that they got. Yes, they got whooped. Okay, I'll give it that. But they didn't necessarily get dominated from the standpoint of it's not like Notre Dame went out there and threw for three hundred passing yards and ran for one hundred fifty and had four hundred and fifty uh, uh, play or uh, yards on offense. And uh, defensively, they've got a very solid defense, very good defense. Um, I'll give them that. But man. Caleb Williams just looked lost at times. He looked frustrated. Um, so give this defense for Notre Dame credit. Uh, but, you know, they just gave Caleb Williams gave Notre Dame easy chances to to, to score the football based off those turnovers. I mean, you look at uh, Notre Dame's uh, total stat line, 251 yards of total offense. If you had told me they had 251 yards of total offense, I think they lose 42 to 17. I'm not kidding there. And so, um, but it was more so than that. I mean, Caleb Williams lost the Heisman because he's going to put up great stats and will probably be in New York again. But um, you got to be perfect to, to repeat uh, as Heisman. And, and you can't have a game where you lose on the road uh, to a team that's, by the way, lost two games already, uh, one of which was at Louisville, which wasn't a great win um, and has been sputtering on offense. So, um, you know, it, it was it was less about the USC defense. They weren't great. Obviously, they're they're not going to be very good uh, this season, or until they get rid of some uh, uh, of some coordinators over there and get some some talent and, and some toughness uh, infused into that uh, into that defensive side of the ball. But Caleb Williams, man, he looked rough in that first half. And and give credit to Notre Dame defense; they made it easy for that offense, and they got up early. And um, you know, as good as USC's offense is. Notre Dame's defense uh, is going to be able to hold you under 40 points, and uh, and and they gave up a 40, uh, 40 spot to Notre Dame, which was a, a pleasant surprise, I'm sure, for Irish fans. So um, not sure where you go if you're USC from here. I mean, I, I didn't think they were a playoff team. I still don't think they're a playoff team. We'll see. They still have everything out in front of them, but I'm going to go ahead and say that they are dead um, as of this moment um, or as of Saturday night. Um, so my bat of the week is Caleb Williams and the fighting or the I was about to say fighting Irish, the fighting Trojans, the USC Trojans um, of LA. Yeah, and a great bounce back win for Notre Dame Pierce. You know they obviously were on a little bit of a skid the past couple of games, 
and to be able to pick yourself up and rally when kind of there's not much more to play for, you're not going to make the playoffs, but to rally and to get that win, it wasn't USC's defense. It was USC's offense. Their O-line was terrible and Caleb Williams just couldn't get it done. But, uh, you know, that's been the season, the story all season long is USC's defense, USC's defense, but to only put up 20 points when you've had to basically outscore the opponent the entire season, not a great look. And, um, I wonder if Caleb Williams goes now or if he comes back. I mean, all signs point to go, although he has said, or his dad has come out and said, he's not going to go unless it's a, the, the right situation because he can make more money with the NIL. But it's the same story, different season for him and Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans. Um, I mean, if I'm him, I go. I get as far. Lincoln Riley developed you. He got you to the number one draft. And I think you go and you make your money and you go get away from him because you're not, you've already achieved the pinnacle of your success with him. I don't think you're going to make a playoff with him. And if you do, I don't think you're going to win a playoff game. We saw Lincoln make it a couple of times at Oklahoma. I don't, I just don't know. They just fold in big situations. I don't really know. I don't really know what to say about that, but um, I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what Caleb Williams does here. You got any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I think it, 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 you hit on it. Uh, it's dependent on where, what team has that number one pick. And if he, if he likes that city and likes that, that situation, um, you're not going to go to an elite team. So uh, you got to get that out of your head right now. Um, I, I think he's gone. I, I don't think that, listen, I don't, I don't see this defense getting better anytime soon. They've got to get rid of, of Grinch first and foremost, I think this is a two or three year defensive rebuild. I don't think this is one where he could come back next year and and um, and 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 have a legitimate shot at winning a natty. Especially with uh, Oregon looks to be kind of a well oiled machine. I know they're going to have QB issues next year with Bo Nix gone. Same with Washington and Michael Penix. But you got teams that are that are really kind of rising, um, and they're going into the Big t- Ten next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Caleb Williams wants after seeing what, how they played against the Irish. I don't know if he wants to travel across the country and play in those type of games next year. Um, so might as well go ahead and get his money uh, if it's the right situation. I agree with you. In his post-game press conference, Pierce, he, I mean, I understand you're upset you lost a game. You've got to stand there next to your coach who's you know, kind of ragging on you. Um, but he did not look happy. So I bet you he's gone. So if you were a USC Trojan and you thought to yourself, hey, maybe he'll stay. He's not staying. Goodbye. Um, all right, let's move to our downright uglies. Pierce, uh, mine is, and I feel like I rag on this team a lot, but I can't help it because you just make it so dang easy. It's the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, not a lot of people saw this game because it happened um, late, late on Friday. The kickoff was at 10 o'clock Eastern time, which is very late. So not a lot of people stayed up to watch this whole thing. I for sure didn't. Uh, stayed up kind of late on Thursday. So Friday, knew I had to get up early for the uh, the Georgia tailgate. We started tailgating at like 6.30 a.m. It was ridiculous. Um, so didn't watch the whole thing, but it was like went to bed thinking, well, Colorado's got this. And and for all intents and purposes, I was like, of course, it's Stanford. Stanford's the worst team in the Pac-12. One of the worst teams in uh, all of college football. They're going to beat them. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Stanford Cardinal get it down 46-43 to in double overtime. Absolutely pitched a shutout at halftime. It was 29 to nothing. The Colorado Buffaloes. Shador Sanders was tweeting out and posting on Instagram merch links to his merch. Uh, and, and you know what? You come to expect nothing less. But if you're going to do that, don't then come out in the second half and get absolutely dominated. They gave up 19 points in the third quarter, 17 points in the fourth quarter. And then ultimately in double overtime, they lose by three points. Um, and hey, Dion said to them, he said, 
Y'all stay off your phones because the social media firestorm that's coming for you, you're not going to want to see. You're not going to want to deal with it. And I feel bad for them because they're young kids, young adults. But you've put, you're putting yourself out there. You are making yourself easy targets. Like I said, it's one of the reasons why when they do something bad, a lot of people rail on them. You're making yourself an easy target when you're tweeting out merch links, when you're wearing your Rolex watch in warm-ups, when you're going over and showing off said watch to the student section. When, you go, or when you're going to talk smack, you're going to also get humbled pretty quickly. Now, hats off to Dion and the job he's done in season one so far. They've won four games. They certainly could win a couple more. Um, they've got Travis Hunter back, um, though he's now being told by a lot of NFL people, you, you've got to just pick one because you're not putting good enough stats at both to warrant staying uh, playing both sides of the ball, and you just came back from the last sort of deliver, and you're on the freaking field every single snap of the game. I'm not sure how smart that is for him, but um, you know, sky sky is still the limit for them next year, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they can go and they can get a better defense um, and bolster some of that things. But but to just collapse like they did in the second half, that's not necessarily the the Jimmys and the Joes. Stanford didn't go raid the transfer portal at halftime. You gave up. You gave up, and you thought you just could put the game on ice, and you couldn't. And that's a mindset thing, and that scares me for them. But uh, they're my ugly of the week. Like I said, not a lot of people caught it in real time, but to wake up to the news that they had lost was absolutely shocking. So sorry about it. You're making my ugly list again, but you make it so dang easy. All right, last but not least, Pierce, I know you're staying in the Pac-12 as well. What is your ugly of the week? Yeah, and I hesitated taking this play because I think – the team that they played is is we're finding out is a is a very capable team, um, but my ugly has to be Washington State, a team that I've been pretty high on all year. Uh, obviously, pulled off the upset against Oregon State, went on the road and beat UCLA. Um, just just a pretty poor performance out of Washington State. Scored the first touchdown of the game, and um, I mean, my gosh, oh, I'm sorry, they lost UCLA last week. So thought this was a bounce back spot for them. Um, but boy, Cam Ward struggled. Uh, this this quarterback for Arizona is it looks much better than and 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 Jane Deloria is a, a solid quarterback. He's nothing special, but um, Noah Fita it looks very good. Has had 342 yards um, and has looked strong now in, in I think two maybe even three weeks of play. Um, and this Arizona team is very frisky, man. They they are they're they're gonna fight and um, the very very. Very good game from Arizona, which is why I hesitated to put Washington State as ugly because I wanted to prop up Arizona maybe more so. But you're at home, Washington State. Yet you, you're coming off a loss. You had every chance, uh, you know, hosting an Arizona team who, um, quite frankly, you probably just sleptwalk through and, and probably didn't come out focused, and that's unacceptable coming off a loss, your first loss of the season, um, and, and looked downright awful doing it. Outscored 45-0 to zero after that first touchdown to get up 6 nothing. Um, and, and quite frankly, I'm not sure where Washington State turns from here. They need to turn it around quickly, and Cam Ward needs to start making plays uh, because this was a pretty horrific showing and one that could, could kind of seep in uh, or, or, or cause a lot of doubt to seep into this team um, as far as what they, they think they can be this year. I think if you asked them two weeks ago, they thought that they could potentially upset a couple more teams and, and you know, win nine games. And I'm not sure that that's on the table anymore. So where do they go moving forward? Um, Cam Ward needs to be a, 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 a bright spot for this team um, as the season goes along and they need to figure out a way and regroup pretty quickly because this wasn't it on, on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, a few weeks ago, them and 
Oregon State was like, oh my gosh, shocking, shocking, and now to have the wheels come off kind of sucks. Um, I'm going to run through really quick, Pierce, some other notable things. The top 25 um, honorary mention for good is UNC. They absolutely uh, put their stamp on it saying, hey, we're here for sure, and took down Miami at home. Uh, I'm very, very excited. Like I just want to fast forward to the ACC championship, and hopefully it's these two because they're certainly what seems like the cream of the crop so far with uh, Florida State and uh, UNC. Uh, Georgia gets it done at home, or not at home, on the road at Vanderbilt, 37-20. to 20. Best game, Vanderbilt, and the only time they have covered, uh, covered so far this season. Uh, not sure what to say about that, but uh, we'll say that for another time. Florida State beats Syracuse 41-3. to 3. Alabama holds off Arkansas at home 24-21. to 21. That certainly could have been a somewhat bad. You still get the win, but to have Arkansas come in and uh, almost beat you at home is quite uh, quite interesting. Ohio State beats Purdue on the road 41 to 7. Michigan throttles Indiana as well 52 to 7. Utah beats Cal 34 to 14. Uh Penn State lays it down on UMass although it is UMass 63 to nothing. Tennessee very low scoring game. I thought that this, I took the under uh, real time. It was 42 and a half, like middle of the game. I was like, this is a really low score game. So I sweated that one out, uh, but they did in fact win that one 22, 13 over Texas A&M. They have their second true road game of the season. Pierce as they travel to Tuscaloosa next week. I can't wait for that one. Uh, Oregon, like we already mentioned, uh, loses on the road to Washington, 36 to 33. Iowa beats Wisconsin, 15 to six. If you watched that game, what were you thinking? Uh, Pitt beats Louisville. Uh, number 22, LSU beats Auburn under the lights in Death Valley, 48 to 18. Kentucky gets its second loss of the season. Thanks for coming out, Kentucky. We'll see you at basketball season. Uh, Mizzou wins that one, 38-21. Notre Dame beats USC, 48-20. Like I said, North Carolina, 41. Miami, 31. Oregon State beats UCLA in Corvallis, 36-24. That uh, that game between, I forgot what they're calling it now, the border war, I think, between, not border war, because they're the same state. I don't know. Anyways. Oregon and Oregon State is going to be really fun at the end of the season. And last but not least, Duke without Riley Leonard. Gets it done 24 to 3. Uh, top of the run your pool this week was Tim Sestito. I think I'm saying that right. I should know that. That's my friend's boyfriend. Uh, Tim gets it done this week. Jess edging out Liz, Randy, and Matthew at the very top 13 and 5. So good for him. All right. Before we wrap up, here's it's time to hit people with the braggers of the week. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start off with my, uh, my QB. You know that you heard that right. My QB, okay. Josh Hoover, had the best performance of any quarterback this week: thirty-seven to fifty-eight for four hundred thirty-nine yards, four TDs through the air. Did throw a couple picks, but um, they weren't both his fault. Um, you know, some tip balls there. Um, Graham Mertz uh, in the comeback win over the Gamecocks: uh, thirty to forty-eight for four hundred twenty-three yards and three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Graham Mertz, um, kind of the one shining light, I would say, for for Florida when they play well. Um, and, and pull out victories like this. Graham Mertz tends to play pretty darn well, so something to look out for moving forward. Um, and last for the quarterback spot, Ashton Daniels, Stanford quarterback, 
in their big come from behind win 27 to 45 for 396 yards, four TDs and zero interceptions um, as they shock, uh, shock the Buffalo uh, in Boulder. Um, a lot of good running back performances this week. Ashton GT and their loss to Boise state uh, or in their loss, excuse me, to Colorado state, which ended up, I believe that was a hail Mary loss. So, um, you know, <laughs> take that for what it, you will. 31 carries for 212 yards, uh, three TDs on the ground. Amari and Hampton, UNC running back. That's an important, uh, important guy for UNC, man. If you've got a running back that can, that can run the ball well with authority and, and a Miami defense who, you know, has been pretty solid all year um, to have 197 yards and a touchdown, 8.2 yards per carry. That's very important to keep, kind of keep pressure off Drake May. Um, that, you know, getting Tess Walker back, man, they look. Don't don't sleep on UNC, man. They they look like they could be uh, they could be right there in the thick of the ACC championship, and I think they're probably the front runners to to play FSU um, in that uh, ACC championship game. Uh, are there sides anymore? I can't recall on the ACC. No. Okay, perfect. Um, LaShawn Williams, Iowa running back, 25 carries for 174 yards and a touchdown. He was pretty much the entire offense uh, for Iowa, as he is going to be most weeks. Um, and and got to throw a shout out here. I don't know if you saw this. I had to do a double take on this stat because I didn't know this was the case. I had to even look it up to make sure it was right. I thought it might be a typo. And I'm going to get this guy's name wrong. Sione or Sion Vaki. Vaki. Safety for Utah. Uh, The starting safety for Utah had 15 carries against Cal for 158 yards and two touchdowns. I didn't even know he he played running back. I don't know what that was. I don't know. Maybe they put him in at quarterback. I don't know. But whatever it was, uh, he was a big-time reason that they got the 20-point win over Cal. And then some big time plays on players on the wide receiver uh, at the wide receiver position. Elick Iamanor, a lot of tough names on here, so bear with me, people. Iamanor, Stanford receiver, thirteen receptions for two hundred ninety four yards and three TDs. I believe all of those uh, receptions were in the second half, um, as he absolutely put the stamp on that game with that mossed, uh, you know, rece- uh, reception over uh, Travis Hunter, which was a thing of beauty. He absolutely tore Colorado up. Kelly Akiari. UTEP wide receiver as they get the win over FIU, eight receptions for 223 yards and two TDs. And last but not least, Ricky Pearsall, Florida wide receiver in their big come from behind win uh, in Columbia, 10 receptions, 166 yards and one touchdown. He might just be Florida's best player. Those are my dudes of the week. Well, there you go. Those are the braggers of the week. And that is going to do it for our week seven recap a little bit later than uh than we're used to getting this out to you guys you'll have to bear with us i'm going through a move hank's in playoffs for his uh interleague softball team whatever he's i don't know what he's participating in but he's he's had to kind of mess with our schedule a little bit so thanks for being with us thanks for still listening and hanging in there with us uh didn't get the um didn't get the easy peasies out last week i apologize about that as well hopefully we'll be back too normal this weekend so make sure you subscribe make sure you're following us on social media at bragging pod on twitter and instagram so you don't miss anything and uh, feel free to reach out and tell me that i suck or and or drop suggestions comments questions anything like that but until next time i'm madison and i'm pierce stay blessed y'all <laughs>